0: So hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beehive Jive. I suppose I should say welcome back to the Beehive Jive um, because we've been silent for a while while the summer has been allegedly <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> no jokes about the weather, I promise. Um, no, stop, stop being British. I know, I can't help it. Um, as we sit here today, it's a beautiful day and there is a definite feeling of autumn in the air, I would say. Would you say?
1: um there's well, a chill yeah i saw my first brown tree yesterday so it's definitely happening
0: it's it's happening um and obviously the summer goes so quickly and so much happens um so we're going to give you a, a little update about what's been happening recently and then go on to talk about some of our bee adventures as always Adventures, so paul, <laughs> bad adventures. <laughs> um so
1: paul Cool. So how, have, how are your bees? My bees are very well, thank you. Um so this year I'm gonna get some honey, which is gonna make, make some yes. people very happy.
0: <laughs> so You always do get some.
1: Yeah, I don't get as much as I could if I if I really thought about it. But so, you're
0: getting some this year.
1: Yeah, I, I spend too much time taking bees out of the hives and doing other things with them. So but this year I'm gonna get some honey. I was up there yesterday. Uh i just I just need to cap a few more frames and I'll extract it. I'm gonna use that. B-Quick stuff. Actually, I was going to ask you about that.
0: I'll, I'll loan you my, my B-Quick
1: Be- Be kit. So normally I use Porter B escapes, which is sort Yeah, of, but to clear the supers. Yeah, they're about as reliable as a, as a real method. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but you, you used the B-Quick, Be, Be didn't you?
0: I For the first time this year, I've used B-Quick Be because I went to my local beekeeping supplier pains and we love, pain. we love pains and um, they're great. They're so approachable and they're always, you know, willing to help. And I asked them what they do to clear their supers. And they said, be quick, which is, it's a spray, mm. which is uh, based on an almond extract. And it really, really smells like, you know, marzipan. Oh yeah. That you put on your Christmas cake. Mm-hmm. It smells very, very strongly of that. Right. And so, there are two components. You have the spray and you have a a, a little roof, um, which is actually like a wooden frame with some cloth stretched over it. And then it's got a metal cover. And what you do is you put it out in the sun with the sun shining on the metal cover and it gets like it's like a roof, it gets really, really hot. Um, and then you spray this stuff inside on the textile. And obviously the heat from the roof. Vaporizes
1: it. Did you? Did you? Because I when at, you put it on the hive. That's why I wanted to ask you. Because I had a look at Be Quick I'm, I can see the spray. Mm. <laughs> the roof bit was. I'm like, okay, what do you do with it? So you buy. You bought the roof from.
0: Yeah, you could easily make one yourself if you were so inclined. If you had the skills. I mean, I can't even drill a hole in the wall. I can barely nail a nail in. No, so I'm not going to start constructing. Do a,
1: <laughs> yeah, this is why we don't do a, Be, a <laughs> How GI, to make your own DIY <laughs> course. okay so you bought that they do a okay I'm going to have to look at that because I need to make an order anyway it was £20 I
0: think oh that's good and I just thought I've got so many supers to extract for the sake of
1: and do you take the because the other thing so this is how my mind works I'm thinking okay well I spray this uh, bee repellent on on the top of the hive Um, do you take the do you take the supers off put them somewhere else and do this
0: yeah so what you well you do it on the hive so what you do is you the super that you want to extract you take off it helps to have two lids, two roofs, one on yeah, either side bridge. while you're doing this. Because you've got everything stuck stacked up on the one you usually use. And then you have this other one to support the super that you're going to extract. You take it off, you put the hive back together with the crown board, and then you put the super to be extracted on top of the crown
1: board. Okay, you just leave the hole in the crown board.
0: Yeah. And then and so and then put the bee quick roof on the top, sprayed and vaporizing this almond extract, Okay, the bees really, really don't like it. You hear, you hear them as soon as you put it on, they're like, what the hell? And they all go downstairs through the hole in the crown board. But what I have learned and subsequently read in the instructions, which I didn't read to start with, is that if you've got a really big colony with a lot of bees, say you're extracting, you know, two supers or three, you know, you're right. stacking them up, you need to put underneath the crown board an empty super well, an empty super with frames and foundation, okay. or a relatively unclogged with bees super so you because of course, yeah, because okay. you get this sudden rush of bees down into the hive, they've got to have somewhere to hang out, really all right i like I really like it. Okay. I mean, on a sunny day, it's
1: I'm going to do that that's,
0: that's it takes a couple of minutes, yeah to clear a super because
1: well, because um some of my supers aren't fully capped, so what mm. I want to do is take off the ones that are capped, yeah. So that's, that'd be good because it would just empty the super, then I could just pick the ones I wanted.
0: And when when um, the frames are all capped, it en- empties them much quicker.
1: Cool, right? Okay,
0: because the bees aren't there. Like, yeah, I don't know if you ever tried to shake bees; they
1: just stick. They, they
0: they they're busy working on the unsealed nectar. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So I will be taking my honey off next week, and I'll be putting uh, a treatment on. I'll be putting Max mm. on. Um, so I got a bit, of yeah. a bit of honey. I think all I realised was the thing you told me when, when you said that really the the key to having uh, lots of honey is a big colony and lots of draw supers already, because yeah. then all they've got to do is fill it full of honey. So done that. Uh, yesterday I marked four new queens. That's the end of my queen rearing, which I know we're talking about later. That's so good. Um, That's a great result. Yeah. So I marked them. Uh, I'm not going to clip them because I don't clip new queens because... Just in case, not at this time of year. <laughs> no. um, what I do need to do, they start feeding those nukes. So mm. they're on two-frame nukes. I've put another four in, I think. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I use the Payne's polyhydrate as an internal feeder, um, what I found, I think loads of people find this, you put syrup in there, it's just a mess. So what I do is I get a fondant, I'm going to roll it out so it's a bit thin, just drop it down the side mm. and I put half a pollen patty in there as well just so they can keep... Just basically it's all the resources in the hive. Uh, and then, then next next week's time to start cleaning up, taking all the stuff away from the apiary as we're going to autumn. Um, and then I think the other thing I did is I did my basic BBK exam.
0: Yes, you did.
1: <laughs> and
0: you would have the result.
1: If I'd paid them. If you'd paid.
0: <laughs> if you had signed the cheque you sent them. Yes. Well, I... Never checks, mind. Check. I know, look. Do I know, but that look. It's the beekeeping world. It took me four hours if I'm a chip. Welcome to 1950. You know, you've got to remember that. Can't I like pay in a in nice way
1: with like chickens and eggs or something? It's the same same technology. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to get a hold of the BBK and, and give them some money, and then they'll tell me if I've failed or passed. It was quite
0: good. You, were, quite- you, of course, you passed. But yeah, it's it's nice to get confirmation. I think if you,
1: I think if you live in the UK and you're. Uh, a member of the British Beekeeping Association. Doing the basic would be good. I found it really useful. Um, Taught me some things I'd never thought about. Although I would recommend that if you do your exam, you don't do it in a torrential rain like I did. It was a terrible
0: day, wasn't it? It was
1: raining so hard.
0: But at least, I mean, this is horrible, but at least it was raining for everybody. (laughs) So everyone had... The terrible experience of it. It was really difficult conditions.
1: No. And also, my, the, the, we went to our association's training apiary and uh, I don't, I don't know why, but I, I got a hive where they, they, it'd been a swarm. So they, it was on a double box. So they put frames in the bottom box, they put a crown board and then they put another brood box on top with nothing in it. So when I, when I, uh, when I took the roof off, it's built, four or five really nice drawn out four or five really nice actual uh comb off the top of the roof so i had that sort of extra challenge of not breaking the comb yeah trying to see if the uh, holding the The jigsaw that uh, holding the roof above my head trying to make sure the queen wasn't on there it was just a bit of a pain god that's that's really difficult (laughs) yeah it wasn't good because you could see it wobbling you think oh don't break (laughs) Cause it's other people's hives, isn't it? Mine, I would have just cut them off and put them in frames. But yeah, there we go. It is a teaching apiary. It is a teaching apiary
0: because so. you wouldn't open bees in the rain. You wouldn't dream of even, you know, lifting the lid off no. to look through a crown board in weather like that. It's terrible. I
1: mean, we, me and my examiner didn't get, or my examiner and I, if I want to be proper, didn't get um, stung. I think everyone else did, though.
0: A lot of people got stung. Yeah. I but, mean, because also we had to use the same colonies, so people, the people in the morning who did their exams were opening for the first time that day. Oh, okay. And then you guys in the afternoon came along, Sorry. went
1: and opened them a second time. So that was a bit. That was a bit unfair. They worked them well to be annoyed. So yeah. So so actually. So you'd recommend it? I would recommend doing it. It's taken me years to do it. Mm. Um, I would recommend it. I'm going to try and do. Should I say this on the podcast? Because then i left to do it. I'm going to try and do one of the mod- written modules as well in March. So there you go. I've I've you've pre- committed now predestined myself to humiliation. So I'm going to I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, the BBK. What was it? It was like three or four. Because you taught it, so
0: yeah, it was. I think five. Five. Yeah. Five, five weeks and a, and a practical. One of those was a practical yeah. session. Um, and yeah, I mean, everyone this year had been keeping bees for a good few years, at least. And then, as you say, there were some like you who have been keeping bees a long time but hadn't got around to doing it. So I'm just, I'm really, really glad that you all got round to doing it because it is, A, it kind of consolidates what you know and gives you, I think it, it gave me a lot of confidence when I did it. It's, you know, to be assessed by an examiner, you know, doing doing a manipulation really confirms that, you know, you've reached a certain standard, but then, of course, you can go onto the modules, as you're saying. And I, I've loved what I've done so far. I think they're really – well, they're just fascinating. I think if you love bees and you want to, you know, really learn how to get the most out of them and how to progress in everything, the modules are a great pointer. So to
1: what, that. I'm going to write down in my little notebook here uh, in our podcast <laughs> to you, explain okay. the modules – I mean, we, we know the person who will be able to explain the modules to everyone.
0: We do. So we'll, We will we, have a we'll,
1: perfect person. We'll see if we can get her on the show. Yeah. And she can talk us through. Because anyone, even if you don't live in the UK, so in the UK, the National Beekeeping Association has, has a a structured educational programme that you can, it's voluntary, you can take part in, which takes you all the way from the basic, which is, I've been keeping bees for a year, I kind of know how to do splits, split, swarm control, look for disease, deal with varroa take off the honey, all the th- basics of being a beekeeper, all the way up to being a master beekeeper. I mean, I think this year they introduced a queen rearing module as well. Or yes, a so there is a queen rearing, yeah. And, and, and if you live outside the UK and you want to see that module, all the syllabus is on the British Beekeeper Association website. So just Google British Beekeeping Association. And they've got an education section. You can mm. download the syllabus and just look at it. It's really interesting. But it's 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 a charity, so it's, it's part of its, it's uh, remit. Remit is education. You're the charity. <laughs> Can
0: one. you tell I work for <laughs> Yeah, have worked for charity. So anyway,
1: that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm. So next week I'm going to take the honey off. I'm going to start cleaning up. I'm going to start feeding the nukes because they need to The 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 actual hives don't need feeding. They're mm. fine. They have got loads. Mm. Of well, the ones on doubles don't need feeding. I think the one on a single might need a bit of fond But apart from that, I'm doing well. So, how how are your bees doing down the honey mines?
0: Okay, so mine, um, so a good year for honey. Uh, so I'm finished now with all my honey.
1: How much honey did you off in the end?
0: About just over five hundred jars. Jars, um, but they're not pound jars. They're three quarter, aren't they? twelve ounce. Yeah. Is that a
1: three quarter? I don't know. Three
0: forty grams. I don't I don't know why you try to speak in ounce. pounds and
1: ounces. It means nothing to me. Even though we invented it over here, we don't use it anymore.
0: Yeah, well, you know, get with the times. So <laughs> <laughs> get over yourself. So
1: <laughs> You got five hundred jars off. How many production Because 'Cause you've got lots of hides, but how many are actually that was six? About
0: six, yeah. five or six. Um yeah, see this is a thing. So I've got I've got more colonies, as you know. Mm. But some of them really disappointed me in their <laughs> performance.
1: So Just imagine you standing over and wagging your finger at them. Come on. Do Come you know, on, girls. And it's
0: it's so funny. I look at them and, and I I'm I'm in this process now of reviewing the year in terms of production. And I mean, you know, the reason I went into beekeeping was not for honey. It was because I'm fascinated by bees. However, I ended up in a situation where I have my hives on land where the owners want honey and expect honey. And I can't keep up with the demand. So they've got a farm shop, haven't they? They have a, a farm shop and they get lots of visitors. you have got
1: a waiting list for your honey, haven't they? They do
0: They have a, a list now. They don't put it on the shelves.
1: No.
0: Um, and it, I mean, part of that, but you know, partly I feel quite motivated by that, but partly I feel a bit frustrated because, you know, you take in deliveries of a hundred jars or, even 50 jars at a time to try to keep the flow into the shop. Um, and it's kind of gone by two o'clock that day. And you just kind of think, oh, God, well, A, I hope everyone who's bought it appreciates what a beautiful product. I have to say it's a beautiful product. And when I'm jarring it, it's almost luminous. Honey is yeah, I don't truly why the most amazing thing. Well, I'm frustrated <laughs> getting to the point. I'm frustrated because I would like to be able to produce more honey from that site, okay. but I just can't. the The forage and the bee density in the area will not support oh, any more yeah, honey. Uh, secret plan for that. So, so <laughs> part of my uh, evaluation that I'm doing is planning for next year, getting another apiary. Nice. So, I mean, I guess what I've what I've learned after four years on that site is that I'm only going to get a certain amount of honey and I know where the ceiling is now. All the colonies are really healthy except the Varroa load has gone up massively. There's been a huge spike in it in the past four weeks. Um, So I put Max on on Friday. I'm not using Apigard this year. I just found it so, it's so
1: prolonged do you find that, do you think it's because the season has started early, that the, the, the varroa is longer, they've had yeah. really perfect conditions to grow?
0: Maybe. I, and I, I mean, I've been monitoring them. I monitor them every month because I'm always worried about varroa creeping up okay. and it kind of explodes all of a sudden. I've seen that happen once before. So I've got my, sub, I've got an oxalic
1: sublimator now.
0: Yeah, so I was thinking of so the, the other day. Yeah, come
1: around do your, your highs as well.
0: Yeah. So I've put max on them. Yeah. So that's got that's got to be on until Monday. It's a week, isn't it? Yeah, 7 days. And yeah, that is a week indeed. And um, <laughs> just checking what I my knowledge and um so I've put the max on, I know that is not going to be sufficient to get them through the winter in terms of keeping the population down. If we have a warm September,
1: oh, they'll come back. They'll yeah.
0: they'll come back. So I was thinking the oxalic acid, what do you call it?
1: Sublimation.
0: Sublimation. Just vapor. Yeah.
1: It's a posh word for saying vaporized. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah. Right. So, my, yeah, the, so the risk with, uh, so there's two ways to vaporize oxalic. You do it in, in the thing I've got, which is a Varox. It's essentially a hot plate that you put the oxalic in, stick on the floor, connect to a battery, and it vaporizes, sublimates the. Mm. The thing, the the problem with that technique is, is you have to do uh, sublimation if it's got brood multiple times. So you will
0: so to get the whole cycle. Yeah,
1: so I can't remember. I think it's four times every five days.
0: Mm.
1: So it takes about ten ten minutes a hive. So it's about probably you're taking an hour and a half mm. to treat the entire apiary every, every, once a week, basically. Whereas in the winter, when there's no brood, you just do it once. So I know a lot of people who are now saying, I'm only going to do oxalic sublimation. So there's another system you can buy, buy like a fogging gun. I don't, is, what's that? Where it's, it, so you put the oxalic in it and it creates a, a continual cycle of gas. Right. So if you're a commercial beekeeper, it's great because. You don't have to heat it. It permanently heats it. It's like a gun and you put it in the front of the hive, pull the trigger, it doses the hive. And you go to the next one, pull the trigger, doses the hive, the plate. Oh, that
0: sounds That sounds good.
1: Yeah, but they're a couple of hundred pounds each. Those. those. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have a lot of yeah. hives to well, sublimate. You've either got spare money and you just want to <laughs> buy it just because you want like beekeeping toys, which is fair enough, or, or you've got a use case for it where you use a lot of hives, right? Um,
0: Some people like beekeeping, I like beekeeping toys, don't toys? they, I, 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 Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I'm surprised I, I, you don't have <laughs> one.
1: Thanks. It's true that I did look at it and I was, I, I was, pond- and I kind of talked myself out of it. I was very proud. <laughs> Restraint. Very restrained. Um, so, but the sublimate, when, when you use the Vorox, it heats the plate you have to wait for it to cool. So it mm-hmm. takes maybe 10 minutes a cycle. So uh, yeah, we come down, I've got the battery and the, uh, the thing with oxalic gas, when you vaporize it, is It's really corrosive if you breathe it in.
0: Mm.
1: So, I have heard people I have met beekeepers that just go, Well, if you get a whiff, you're okay. Well, not really, because that means you're breathing it in, right? So, uh, yeah. I've got a full, I've got a, f- a, a proper mask with uh, the right filters for I think
0: that's so important
1: vaporized acid
0: because that's what it is. You can really it's, damage it's, yourself with this stuff, it's,
1: yeah. It's not good. It's, it comes with a big warning saying, Don't when breathe I it in. When I put
0: the max on, I mean, max always gets me when you open the yeah, yeah. tub and you know there's they're sealed in the little packets inside. But even just opening the tub, if if you're, you know, not thinking about it, you you, you need to stand back. And when you undo them, God, it's really strong. Yeah. And the poor bees, you put it on and they just go, <laughs> and just flee the sight of the strip. Um Oh god, I did put it on. I put them on all my hives because obviously you have to treat all colonies. You put at the them same in nukes time. as well. In the past, I have just one strip mm. in a, a good strong nuke. I didn't. I didn't do it the other day. I'll do the nukes at another time. But um, yeah, one of the one of the colonies, I put it in, and they all came out onto the front of the hive.
1: Yeah, I don't know what treat nukes with. Although all my nukes were two frame nukes, I don't. I'm not really worried about the row, row load in there at the moment. Yeah. I'll sublimate them in the winter.
0: See the problem is you know you were saying about um using oxalic acid over winter during a broodless period. Well that's what I've done in the past but obviously we don't get broodless periods. You used the trickle, now. Method, didn't you? I've used the trickle method, but I want to do the vapor. Yeah. This year definitely. It's um
1: easier. yeah. See what I like about them this- Divert, You've got yeah. to
0: keep it going because the brood-rearing cycle... Yeah, I guess what I was saying is the brood-rearing cycle doesn't stop. So, of course, you close them up in winter and you come back in spring and the, the varroa has inflicted a lot of damage, especially mm. on a nuke.
1: Yeah, so what I like about the, the vaporisation method is you don't have to open the hive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's I, so I can see it. that. Mm.
1: So what else are you doing then? So you treated them, you take taking the honey off.
0: Um, You're
1: looking for a new apiary site.
0: Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just kind of planning for next year, really. And obviously, you know, starting to go into all the winter preparations. For me, the proper start of autumn is when the ivy is in flow.
1: Yeah, I keep looking at the ivy flowers. When I walk down the shops, there's an ivy bush.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. I am I mean, obviously, at your apiary as well, you're behind here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think I've learnt you've got to plan for ivy. You've got to get ready for it because... One of two things can happen. Well, I mean, I, I don't know the solution
1: to so this, actually. It's, Maybe you can help me. So it's probably worth pointing out. Um, so in the UK, ivy is the last crop of the year. Mm. And ivy honey sets like concrete. Mm. So it's really important to get your supers off before the ivy flow happens. Because the ivy flow in something where I live. Well, here, it's massive. Mm. There's ivy everywhere. It's a huge flow. There was lots of And the it. weather's pretty mild, so I'm expecting to be you know, yeah. to be all over it. So you need to get your ivy, your yeah. supers off, don't you? Otherwise it crystallises all the honey.
0: Absolutely. You, you'll always have crystals in that comb. But, I mean, I know it's a really important crop. But what I did last year was, oh, got to get my supers off ivies starting. And, of course, they filled a couple of colonies. I mean, the whole 14 by 12 brood mm. was like one big ice cube of ivy i mean you know i could hardly get the frames apart and um so i ended up with honeybound oh, okay. colonies because i didn't give them space to put it in now of course i oh, god i don't know why i did that because obviously in any flow you you want to give them space to put it so it doesn't squeeze the brood nest out but um so this year i know that taking the supers off completely doesn't work
1: have you got a spare brood cone
0: yeah What I'm thinking is I'm going to use some of my, some of my brood comb is, um, sorry, some of my brood comb or super comb even is starting to get on its way out a bit. It's been extracted and extracted so many times. It's a bit tatty, Mm -hmm. but usable. So what I'm thinking is I'll give them a super of that and let them fill it with ivy. They do use it over winter. I know a lot of people say they don't. But in my experience, they have used it but every could, time. Yeah.
1: Well, you could take good brood comb out and replace it with that until the flow's over, then swap yes. them back around. Yeah. So they're getting yeah. comb that they could just carry on laying in.
0: That's true. For some reason, I always have insufficient brood comb. I've got plenty of super comb. You're, I've always found brood comb is the thing that I don't.
1: You're much better at keeping your comb than me. I'm terrible.
0: But I I, I need to get better at the – I've only got a few of them. But, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously um, after the ivy's over, it's about doing all those final checks, assessing the stores. I I know obviously my nukes are going to need feeding. I've got quite a few new – very new nukes, three-frame nukes who I need to really get them built up or maybe even unite them. Try Try the
1: the fondant and then I freeze – uh, those uh, pollen patties, yeah, so they're hard, and yeah. I cut them in half, mm. and then drop them in with the food, so they've got a big block of pollen and
0: yeah. fondant. That I mean, that would be definitely something to consider. But you know, I'm there, as I said, that I'm I've got a few I might have to unite. Once the ivy
1: cracks, have yeah. so much pollen they won't know what to do with it.
0: And also, you reminded me I've got new queens that I need to mark. Yeah, I'm not clipping them now, Mine like you marked. say. I'm not going there this time of year. Yeah, it's
1: too dodgy now. It's too oh, dangerous.
0: Can you imagine if you made a mistake?
1: Yeah. In spring, I don't mind because I've got spare nukes. Mm. But now I'd I'd just be annoyed myself.
0: No. It's it's too late now for queen rearing.
1: Okay. Is that it then? Is it all you, so you've had a successful year then? Do you think you've had a successful year?
0: I'm happy. Yeah. Because
1: you had your first spring ever. I had flow. a good spring. Good
0: spring crop, chestnut honey, absolutely gorgeous. I actually kept a jar for myself, which is a rare thing.
1: We're not selling it. Because
0: I tend to like Australian honey. I love all the eucalypts. Oh, God, I love love honey Um, and Australian honey. And obviously what I do tastes so different to that. It's much lighter and more floral. It doesn't quite cut it. But the chestnut honey is like the honey I've been looking for all my time in the UK, um, but yeah. So I mean, that's I. Yes, I am happy, and I would like. I just want to solve the space issue. I know my colonies could give me significantly more honey if they were in an area where there was less competition yeah. for forage. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing an exam.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm going to score you now. <laughs> yes. Six out of ten. There you go. Write that down. So I think. What we're going to talk about as our sort of main rambling topic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm disappointed in my queen rearing. But anyway, we will come on We're to going that. to talk about that. Yeah. So
1: this year we've done, so last year was the first year I ever tried queen rearing, which was, although I didn't get many queens, it was actually I was really successful in me because I learned the graft, learned the technique. You learned a lot, didn't you? So I kind of learned the basics. And this year is the first year we both did queen rearing. So we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about because it's the ending now, so marking the last queen's kind of marked yeah. mark the last uh, series. So this year, you learned how to graft.
0: I did learn how to graft.
1: How did you find that?
0: I could get a lot better at it. I think the first time I did it, I thought, "Oh, is this all there is to it?" It seemed. I think it's deceptively easy. I think the technique itself is is easy yes. to learn. It's not easy, but it's easy to learn, and I think that the challenge for me is getting larvae
1: of the right age. Yes. So how... Yeah, but... So the thing with the grafting is, I know when I first learned, it's it's almost sort of mythically difficult. Oh, yeah. If, everyone if, talks about everyone it. Talks, like everyone talks... Everyone goes... And people find... Like it's... Some really convoluted of... ways of getting queen mm. cells that doesn't involve grafting. And I, I mean, if you're going to raise queens, you've found a way of getting queen cells. Mm. Good for you, right? But... I like grafting because I can um, raise queen cells from multiple hives at the same time using the same resources. Mm. So I'm not chopping up hives to to raise queens from three or four, raise three or four queens from – raise cells from three or four different queens. But it was always – proposed to me as this really difficult thing and i've seen some people demonstrate who made it look like brain surgery yeah absolutely but how long did it but then i got taught by um i forgot his name now but i will put a link in the description um tiger bees who did the course that i went on and he had me graft in 20 minutes how long did it take you to i was gonna
0: say about half an hour yeah and i was doing it and getting it in the the um the frames the cups on yeah. the frames that you then put into the colony for them to draw the cells um yeah i mean i i what i like about it is that it's high impact it's kind of very it's very productive you get a lot of queen cells yeah in one go you know if you rely on swarm cells or any other type you know as you say it's about finding a way of, of producing queen cells Um, and I know there are other techniques out there and I've tried them but they just seem a bit clunky this seemed very streamlined yeah yeah.
1: but you're right The the, I think the graph once you once you nail the technique Mm. um, the other point of grafting is is getting the right size larvae I think that is a real because it's very easy to go over that sort of Mm. uh, window but really that's just practice then
0: it is it is practice so i would say yes i learned how to do it and i just need to practice it more and obviously you don't you don't get a lot of opportunities to practice it well i didn't know i didn't get a lot of opportunities to practice it because i didn't do my queen rearing cycles as efficiently as i could have that's where i fell down but i mean i, w- I will definitely use it as a way of generating queen cells rather than any any other method.
1: Yeah. I think well I think what I learned from the grafting side was kind of really I think next year um, cuz what I was doing I was going to colonies that I wanted to raise from but they were full production colonies. So it took you know, 10 15 minutes to find the right cells. I think what I'm gonna mm-hmm. do next year is I'm gonna take queens out of my nukes, my over the winter nukes, and replace them with the queens might that I want to raise from and put the queens I want to raise from into the nukes. Mm-hmm. Which mean let means then I've got a smaller box to find the cells. And also I can control when they lay, so I can replace I can put in drawn drawn empty comb into those nukes. Yeah. Four or three or four days before I want I'm gonna graft. So I kinda know which I'm gonna know which frames directly to go to. So and that also i think will help with the the age of the larvae right because if you put it in 4 days before you know not all of it most of it is within that yeah oh yeah 12 i see hour of course because that's how the nicot method works rather than works.
0: selecting combs at random and yeah. just picking out one that's
1: got a few that looks like it Yeah. because that's how the nicot the cartridge method works and you can put that cartridge into this thing and yes, you put the course. queen in yeah you, you you time it so you put it in so you know you know the exact age very close to the exact age of that larvae, so that's a much simpler. Th- my my problem in the cot system is you need a lot of kit because yeah. you want to you want to raise from more than one hive at the same time. You need more than one cartridge. Yeah, but it's very good for it's a hundred cells. So she lays it all out. You could raise a hundred queens in theory.
0: Actually, yes, of course. I've I've seen it.
1: I've got one because my beekeeping yeah. gadget addiction.
0: <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe we should try that next year. You can try it. I've got it.
1: I've never used it.
0: Because that that is the thing that I I need to learn is to select the right age of larvae. And it's not because I can't see them. I can see them. I think I just find the 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 larvae that are the right age, I find them difficult to pick up.
1: Yeah. I think mean, it's a combination, it's the technique yeah. and the temptation to go for the one you think you can get.
0: And I'm kind of searching around the comb to find, you know, because you might, well, I, you know, I'll do something like damage the cell wall or something like that. So the ones are not around it are affected as well. So you end up kind of looking. I mean, if I had, you know, a map saying these are the cells to graft from, I would find that easier, actually. So maybe that is one to. Yeah,
1: we could look at it. I've got the kit. I forgot about that. Got the kit. But Mm. I I think moving them into uh, Queen moving the, the breeding queens into smaller nukes where you can put in fresh comb is gonna be a lot easier than going through and digging out absolutely digging them out of a production hive. Um I think the other thing we found was mating nukes. It was an interesting <laughs> interesting yeah. So the benefit of mating nukes is it requires fewer resources. So mate to raise the to mate the queens. Um, I think we found the downfall of mating nukes is they require... Well, if you do the way you're told to do it, which is you pour bees into the mating nukes, lock them up for a period of days, yeah. and That's... then introduce the queen cells, mm. they seem to take a lot of care to ke- basically keep the Definitely. mating nukes alive. Because you found that, didn't you?
0: I did. And, I mean, I can see... I mean, for me, I think it's a question of scale. I don't need you know, hundreds of queens or even, you know, I probably need about 20 queens a year. And I think those mating nukes are so scalable. You can just see how you could get it going like a production line. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I think that's a different kind of operation to what I'm doing, although I'd like to do that. Maybe I will do that in the future. But, yeah they they require an awful lot of babysitting and because my apiary is not in my back garden you know you you just have you have to go there and the the main thing about it is the food situation you just got to feed them and feed them and feed them all the time. And when we did them, when we put them together that day...
1: You like that, didn't you?
0: I loved, like, I loved it. And you just got all the bees in the box and, you know, scooped them all in. It was it was it took about five minutes to do, what was it, ten, un- 10 little units. Yeah,
1: yeah, ten mating nukes. Yeah. About five minutes. Mm. So we used the lice and mating nukes, which are slightly larger. They look like mini hives. They've got, got a floor, they've got a like body, cubes. a roof, and they got a divider in them so you get... Basically, they're one and a half frame Langstroth nukes. So, if you take a Langstroth frame, and you chop it in thirds. That's about the size of the main nuke frames. Mm. But they, yeah, they 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 were hard to establish. And I think because then then the second round, because that was such a pain in the neck. See, so I said neck.
0: The first one. Yeah. Such
1: a- <laughs> it. <laughs> so was well, such they a- weren't
0: drawing the comb. No. This and I don't understand why.
1: No, I don't either. But the second round, I used two frame nukes. Yeah, and I got i got i got a spreadsheet. I got—I got a sixty-six percent mating rate.
0: Yeah, that's that's when the the fortune turned, wasn't it? When we started using polynukes.
1: <laughs> yes. So I th- I think though my my learning from that was that. If I can get the mate... Because the the, the lysomate nukes are stackable, so I can take three of them and stack them into one tall hive. Mm. They're not like the apodeas. The, 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 the lysomate nukes are actual beehives in terms of... They call the, they're like a, a, like a mini, tiny little mm. langstroth. So I think the reason that the two-frame nukes worked is like your point, is that they're a cohesive hive already. It's got brood, they've got food in them. So... My, I want to use the mini nukes because I don't because it uses fewer resources, they're more efficient, yes. But I don't think I'm gonna, based on this year's experience, I'm not gonna do the way you're told, which is to put, be, them, in. put them in. I'm gonna about April, I'm gonna take one of my my nukes, my overwinter nukes, and do a shook swarm into the mating nukes, but stack it up so they're three or four high. And let that that colony build that out as a proper colony, and then I'll split up the proper colony yeah. so that they're actual one and a half frame nukes. And then I'll use that because I think that that'll work. I won't that'll have to feed them. Yeah. yeah, I won't have to feed them. They'll be cohesive. Um, they'll be you know they'll be functioning little. That, hives that's all, it.
0: You. They've got that chemical identity that a colony has, and they they work together. I mean. That would be very interesting because that sounds like it could be a completely different experience of using mating newts because yeah. actually the other thing yeah. I forgot to say about when we did it the first time, I went back to them and there weren't that many bees in them. So I think there was three of them that were insufficient bees to yeah. actually yeah. raise a queen cell. Yeah. So it was just it was a, a strange experience all around. It was a bit frustrating, but I mean – I can see their value. I can yeah. see how they could work amazingly. So, I mean, I just think it's, and once you get drawn comb, that's, that's that the, the game one, changer,
1: I think. Yeah. So, but the two, I mean, the two frame nukes, great. I mean, if you're just raising oh, yeah, I love four or five nukes, just two frame nukes, great. I mean, I've got, yeah. so, I mean, I went and checked them yesterday. I've lost one, two of them didn't mate. so one of them was starting to do drone comb and the other one, was kind of okay so i put another cell into that one so that's got them she's mated now so she's that's okay the other one two of the mate nukes i think they were just overrun by wasps because there were lots of heads (laughs) on the bottom of them i know you're empty but all the other ones are functioning colonies i mean one of them's i think she's drawn out four frames now
0: i do i do love that, it's much easier, isn't it? Because you've got all the resources you need in there already.
1: Yeah, I put the cells in mm. and I left it for three weeks. I and went on a holiday and they came back and they, they were all, the ones that mated were fine. The ones that hadn't mated, um, that's the issue with mating. Is you, if you want to keep them for queen rearing, you have to stop them turning to drone layers. So you have to put, continually put. If they haven't mated, mm. I think after 10 days, if they haven't mated, I'm kind of, worried if it's not she's gone um at that point i start putting uh open brood in there just to stop them becoming drone layers. because then because then if it doesn't mate and you start seeing drawing out um queen cells on that you can either put in a new cell from a breeder queen or if you've taken the or just just let them raise a queen yeah that's what i did with one of the other ones didn't mate yeah but yeah, the two-cell ones, I'm not sure if it's because they're two frames and they've got that many more bees, or because they're established. But they're just less work. I mean, three weeks, yeah, I didn't, well, didn't
0: leave You can leave them yeah. for a week between inspections or whatever, and they can look after themselves. Yeah. There are enough bees. I mean, obviously, you've got to watch the bee population and stores, obviously. Um, but, you know, I the success I had with um, establishing polynukes, was no the success i had in raising new queens was all in polynukes and some of them were grafted and some of them were swarm cells um from colonies that i like i.e who make lots of honey and you know so i've used those so
1: now now you started in queen rearing, rearing queen rearing has that changed so when you see us because because i know when i started it when i saw a swarm cell in a hive I was like, oh, right, I have to do swarm control. Now, when I see a swarm cell in a hive, it's like, all oh, right, I've got some it's queen funny, cells. isn't
0: it? <laughs> I, I get excited. Like, my brain just, this light bulb in my brain switches on, and I'm thinking, okay, who, new- ca- <laughs> ha- who can I take a couple of frames of brood from to, you know, to make up a polynute, whack it in? Why not? You just think, well, why not? I've got nothing to yeah. lose. Only, the only thing I have kind of noticed about this is that obviously when you use 14 by 12 frames, taking a frame of brood or a couple of frames of brood out of a colony can that's quite a lot of bees that you're taking out
1: yeah that's why i went back to nationals cuz they're yeah. smaller frames
0: i i mean i've got some national hives and i would use those i've got two national colonies i I'd, mm. I'd stick to those for queen rearing i have to say not not take them out
1: of my great big that's the that's the downfall of mm. two frame polynukes, or just nukes, big main hives use fewer resources and it takes up less space whereas two-frame nukes if you're using a full, I mean, we use full-size I don't think we're handy enough to make two-frame nukes so we use full-size nukes I think we've
0: been there already <laughs> we put
1: <laughs> um, you lose a lot more resources and it takes up a lot I mean I've got six two-frame mating nukes set up in about the same size I could raise 20 queens in if I use mini nukes yeah it's just a bigger footprint which doesn't matter I mean I've got a 70 acre farm so it's not a real problem land but that's the downside. But I think if someone was asking me, I mean, the only reason I want to use mini nukes is because I've got them mm-hmm. and I just want to make them work. It's just, I'm stubborn. But if someone said to me, I'm going to raise Queens, should I buy mating nukes? If they had four or five min- nukes, I'd say, no, just, just do two frame nukes. Cause it's I just do like easier. I
0: They're so, they're so easy to assemble and dismantle and, you know, everything. It doesn't take a lot of resources and you you, you can do it. And I mean, you know, it, Obviously, you're selecting, I'm selecting colonies whose traits I like. Well, that's how we chose the donor hive for the eggs. We
1: used the Roger Patterson method, didn't we? We did.
0: Our Group Group A, group B.
1: A being the ones you like, B being the ones you don't B, like.
0: The ones you don't like. So you, if you want to raise queens, you use swarm cells, etc. from group A.
1: I don't think we've done really? the full method, though, haven't we? Because we haven't bumped off group B.
0: Oh, I bump off Group B. I
1: know you do. That's why you're... I think that's I've, why you're...
0: I've culled a few queens this yeah. year.
1: But I think that's why your stock is more prolific than mine. Because you've actually selected, revised kind of this... I've... i you now that queen I've got that keeps stopped laying? Yeah. She's still there.
0: <laughs> do you want me to come around and
1: <laughs> sort her out? <laughs> well, I kind of... I kind of uh, respect her tenacity because I can't believe that it's still alive it's unbelievable I looked at it yesterday and she's got one frame of brood 11 frame hive one frame of brood Mm. and the rest of it is just pollen and patchy stores and she's still there and there's eggs and I'm thinking why haven't they bumped her off so I'm li- if you makes it through winter, I'm gonna, as as Kirsty calls it, I'm gonna retire <laughs> to a little retirement nuke home and leave her just just out of respect.
0: You're too nice for. I mean, I don't I don't like killing queens, culling queens. Let's make it sound nicer than it is, but I don't like doing it. Obviously, if it's a very bad tempered colony, there's no question. Yeah. She's gone, and I think.
1: Unless she's making honey, then you give it a pass, don't you? I just <laughs> don't open it when there are other people around.
0: Um, but, you know, I I have a couple who have they've done okay this year. One of them, they're quite docile. They produced about two supers of honey. Well, no, not that much. Let me, okay, I'm not completely ruthless here. They produced about a super of honey right. on a big brood. There's plenty of bees in there but not plenty of honey. Okay, I, I can't give them the space. I just can't. <laughs> So, you know, that 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 footprint where they are is in demand. So, unfortunately, she will be All right. on a way she out. She'll be evicted from Camp Tracy. Next spring, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think culling bad-tempered queens should be an automatic thing that you do. Whether you want to cull queens to, imp- to improve the productivity of a colony is up to you. And my choice is that... I like
1: to do it. Well, I think the thing I've learned from your approach, though, is that your apiary, as an apiary, has a more um, even – It stocks even. There's very yeah. few hives that are really productive, and one next to it's not productive. It's, yeah. They're kind of – there's obviously they're different. They're all productive. They're, they're all pretty much the same in terms of temperament and productivity, whereas mine, you know, I've got them in a row. One at the end – one at one end's – Two supers doing really well, and the other ones in one brew box, and that's I what I so. that's what yeah, I need to do I now. I need that. to kind of select to get them get the apiary, so it's mm. kind of evened out. So so all the highs are a similar characteristic.
0: Now there's a method, and I've forgotten what it is. There's a name for that method of trying to get Ted Hooper talks about it in his book about trying to get your colonies to produce roughly the same
1: equalisation. Yeah, so Brother Adam's book does it? that as yeah.
0: well. Yeah, so it's um. And I mean, I haven't in, intentionally tried to do that,
1: but... I think it's a result of you selecting.
0: Yeah, and ha- I have selected over the for a number of years now. Yeah. Well, I, I Not I have, many I've years, but a, a, bit, a number.
1: I've been a bit too soft.
0: You're too nice. Okay. After I after okay. I cull them, which I like to do in the, the, the quick method, I don't like putting them in the freezer or anything. I think that's really sad. I just like to well i squash their head basically sounds horrible doesn't it and i feel horrible as i'm saying it and i know a lot of people who would take massive exception to this but i think i have to do what's best for the colony for the bees yeah and i mean okay so old queens that are on the their way queen out not a queen keeper. right and thank <laughs> you i yes you could retire them and i'm sure that would be a nice thing to do maybe I should do that, but I'm not going to, let's face it, you know, but after I do the deed, I always like put them under a flower or something. (laughs) I do Paul. It's true. I always like find a nice wild.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so let's get this clear. You squeeze their heads up. Yeah. And and then then I lay them to rest.
0: (laughs) That's (laughs) it. That oh. is exactly what I do. I hey, so you. Oh. <laughs> well, I... Just... <laughs> oh, dear. I... <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I just realised that sounded. But, you know, anyway, oh, that's it's so a noticeable. mark of respect of some kind oh, for what it's worth. <laughs> Sorry I took your head off. Look, the flower makes it all okay. <laughs> that's abba. what I'm trying to say.
1: Have a daffodil. <laughs> okay. But I do, I do seriously, I do, I do. Are you okay? Oh, that's brilliant. I love that one. Oh, I'll have to think up a title for the podcast. No head all flower.
0: Pushing so, up Daisy.
1: <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. But I do, I do, that is a kind of more Bennett, the more time I spent at the apiary. I kind of realised that selecting, although you do have to do the the nasty bit, mm. You know, you can soften the blow with flowers, I guess, but you have to do the nasty bit.
0: Well, it's Mother Nature anyway. The, I won't talk about that either. <laughs> I'll just let it go.
1: it's oh, great. <laughs> the, 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 but the benefit is that your apiary is much more consistent, mm. and that you don't have this massive swing between. Oh, I've got really swarmy bees, really aggressive bees, non-productive bees. You kind of, which makes managing the apiary easier because you're kind of using the same management technique across all the hives rather than like my, yeah. my, my rubbish queen. It's more predictable, I think. Yeah, Definitely. my super rubbish queen. I'm just letting her go. You but you could, you know, spend a lot of time and resources trying to add brood, feed it. I've tried loads of things, I've given up on her now. She just kind of hangs around, and does her thing. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and the other thing mm. I found this year, which I've never found before, is Queen's disappearing. Mm. So I, I had a, a hive. Yes, that's true. Re-queened it. So she they made their own new queen. She laid the entire bottom box. I was so happy. She like, top to bottom. I took a picture. I was so, so happy. Went back to my car, got a camera, took a picture. I was I thought that is, is that, great.
0: I think you texted it to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then we that I was went good ba- comb. Oh she's amazing. Went back the next week, she'd gone. Oh god, I was like, so unreliable. <laughs> and um had another newt did the same thing. Mm. They just disappeared. The queen disappeared. So I'm not sure why that is. One of our grafted
0: queens disappeared. I mean, I was so excited when she started laying. After
1: the laying. There's a bit that I can.
0: And there was sealed brood. Everything was great. I think she laid about three combs. And then I went back and she wasn't there.
1: I just don't know.
0: I mean, obviously, there's always a possibility that, as the beekeeper, you've squeezed her inadvertently, killed them yeah. in the
1: last in- inspection. I can't mean you bumped off a queen. Didn't didn't give it a flower? <laughs> just,
0: she didn't perfect. want the flower treatment, so she left <laughs> early.
1: Yeah, she probably saw you doing it. <laughs> I'm off. Yeah, so I've I've not. I'm not sure how you. Like you say, it could be my error. I could have bumped her off by mistake. Because, uh, course, you don't know, do you? You don't know. No is a bit weird was a bit weird so the other two things i kind of think i'm going to do next year is at the moment we use the ben harden method which you've written to this podcast we covered multiple times but we'll just re 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 (laughs) recap (laughs) the ben harden method is when you raise queen cells in a hive that's got a queen in it and you separate the queen cells and the queen by uh
0: by queen excluder.
1: That is a good method because it doesn't require you to set up separate cell razors. Um,
0: it is a good method.
1: It is a good method. It is a pain, though, because you have to do you have to take the hive apart to do it. So if you're in the flow and you've got supers on, you have to take all the supers off, hunt through the box. It's just a bit of a pain. So I think next year, because I've now got spare nukes coming into the winter, if those nukes survive the winter, which they normally do, potting nukes seem to be really survivable, mm. I'm going to build a cell... cell Builder from a nuke, so I'm going to take three or four frames of closed broods, bees, put them in a poly nuke with some food and pollen, let them all emerge, then put the graft cells in. Because yeah. I think I'll get a much, and I'm going to feed it at the same time. I'll give it two one syrup.
0: That's a great idea. So doing it in a nuke,
1: yeah. I'm. I just think it's more portable.
0: And yeah, and good. it's much easier to manipulate as well Yeah, because, I mean, you'll remember the, the colony that I initially chose to rear the queen cells was a was a big colony and also it Runpy. was my worst tempered colony, so I don't know yeah. why I chose it.
1: Yeah, I know we opened it and then when we were trying to graft. Well, you were right. They, they really didn't like me. They were chasing me around a field. I was <laughs> grafting and walking at the same time. So I think (laughs) I was. you remember that? You weren't happy, I remember. No, I wasn't.
0: But you did a good job on the grafting.
1: I know. Didn't get stung either. So what are you complaining about? I don't know. I'm I'm not going to complain, Tracy, because I'll end up (laughs) under a flower somewhere. (laughs) Why did I say that? (laughs) Anyway. glad you did. It's going to provide me hours of entertainment. (laughs) I'm never going to live that down. (laughs) So I'm going to use a queen. So next year, I think I'm going to build a queen cell builder. Uh, and the other thing that i really kind of learned this year is um maybe it's just the way my mind works but i had a queen so we have a little spreadsheet for queen rearing which basically says this is when you graft and this is the date you then go and cage the cells because you want to cage them just in case they because you're grafting a a cell depending on the age of the the graft some queens can emerge half a day earlier than the other ones so you you cage them to stop the queen coming out and doing all sorts of things you don't want her to do. So the spreadsheet says, now graft, cage, move to mating nuke, check the eggs. My problem is, in my head, I see that as a, a sort of serial process that I graft and I can't regraft until the end of the process. Yeah,
0: it's very linear kind of, yeah. Linear,
1: much better way of putting
0: it. Uh, well, the spreadsheets encourage you yes. to think like that, don't but they? I,
1: so what I've realised is... What I should actually do is graft, carry on grafting and raising queen cells until I've got all my mating nukes with queen cells in it. So Mm -hmm. next year, I'm not going to do it in rounds. I'm going to go, okay, I've got 10 mating nukes, I need 10 cells. So if I graft and I get eight, I'm going to graft some more.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) And, keep it going. So it's like
1: maximum... production so it's like Mm. a a, a, yeah like a little factory because
0: I did that as well I I went wrong I thought okay well I'll go through the cycle yeah see what the outcome is okay so that takes what I don't know three weeks ideally and then you think oh okay so maybe you know some of those queens didn't mate so let me start again and by that by that time six weeks yeah gone by at the end of that second one. So, I, yeah, it's about having this kind of rewarding, we could concurrent...
1: Probably... Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Two at one time.
1: So I think we could through. probably raise three or four times the number of queens with the same resources if yeah. we'd done it, if we thought about that, rather than, well, yeah, that... Because, you know, we, we, had, we had nukes, queens not made, we had queens disappear, and all those nukes were still there. We could have put more stuff in them and mm. carried on going, but we didn't, because... The spreadsheet said no, so I think we're gonna mm. next year. I'm not gonna do. That.
0: I think though, uh, like one of the things I'm not clear on is, I mean the the quality wasn't the not all the queens were good quality queens, not just from our grafting, but some of the ones I raised from yeah. swarm cells. Some of them are some of them are good, but some of them are a bit you know, yeah, neither here nor there.
1: But that's one of the benefits of queen having a queen rearing program that you don't. So you select
0: the yeah. You keep the good ones and the not so good ones. You retire, right? Yeah, under a daisy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) But that is, I mean, that is the benefit of queen rearing. That's why I think. Mm. I know. I know in the UK when when beekeepers are introduced. Queen rearing is, is kind of this, it's like the black belt syllabus for queen bee, beekeeping. But actually, like Mark, he's one of our friends, he's queen reared methods really, so he uses the Miller method. Yeah, You can Google that. I'll put a link in the description. But um, he raises loads of queens. Just And I think the kind of queen rearing and, and selecting your apiaries and making sure you, you have the type of bees you want and that you can build be self-sustaining, you're not buying mm-hmm. nukes. Well, it puts you in control. Yeah, but I think I think it should be taught much earlier.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. To new
1: beekeepers.
0: Everything about queens should be taught much earlier. Yeah, like handling queens. Oh, you God, know, yeah. well, so I- so many people won't touch them. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I'm like, hey, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm always nervous whenever I.
1: Well, i have had them fly off me?
0: Well, and. <laughs> I've had them run up my arm around my neck and back down the other one. Ah. You know, it's you're kind of like, Oh my god, where is she? It's not, you know, it's something that I always feel nervous about, but it's something that everyone should be able to do. And yes, queen rearing, it puts you in control. It means, you know, that horrible feeling you get when you're a beginner when you bees have swarmed and, you know, you've you've seen your half your two hundred and fifty pound nuke fly away, you know, in yeah. the summer you know but that feeling of when you've got one hive you've got no other source of queens it, it just it is just massively reassuring
1: and even and I mean I I if someone asked me I asked me, well, if you're listening to this you want to do queen rearing find someone to do it with it's a lot easier if you do it as a group than if you do it on your own obviously you can do it on your own but as a group it's is and also the good thing about a group is you can swap stock so i can take yeah. tw- queens and Tracy's, you can take queens from me and you can you know because sometimes you get really lucky. I mean, I know you had a queen that was green, that you marked green. And that was probably your best ever.
0: Yeah, she's the she's the mother of all queens, literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not of all my queens. But pretty, pretty of of three of my hives all come from her.
1: Yeah, so sometimes you can just hit the sort of win the genetic lottery and get a queen that's really powerful. And if you're, if you're Queen Runa's group, you can all benefit from that sort of genetic oh, line. Was a great queen. Yeah.
0: She's, you know, my... And that was, what, three years ago. And the colonies with her descendants, progeny, don't know what the word is, um, are equally well-performing. I mean, that that was – but that was an accident. I just happened to get a queen with the right genes and she was
1: great. Yeah. The benefit is, is if you have a queen rearing programme is you can
0: – You can – Scale yeah, that. More control over yeah. that, yeah. But, you know, I think um, – Part of the, I mean, I'm not saying I, I feel a little bit disappointed in myself for my performance in the area of queen rearing because. What you're grafting. Yeah, my grafting and also, uh, you know, kind of waiting for one cycle to end before starting it. You know, I mean, I didn't kind of think in a very streamlined way, but um, I think one of one of the factors in this was that I, despite wanting and trying to increase over the past two years, three years, I've realised this year that, again, what I was saying before, that site can only support a certain number of hives. Yeah. So not just in terms of – it's not just affecting honey production, it's actually affecting how big some of the colonies, how quickly they grow and how big. Yeah. So I just – I need to get them – I need to get half of them off to a fresh site somewhere.
1: But the the other thing about Queen Roon is is like you just – touched on there, is a process that's mm. that's more than just making queen cells. Mm. So you have to select the right queen. You have to get the queen cells however you want to do it. You have to get them mated, which is the hardest bit. For, for me, that's the hardest. That's the bit that I've always found the most difficult is manage the mating nukes, get them mated, um, just get them so then once they're mated, it's make sure they can actually because um, quite often they'll mate but not produce viable colonies either they mate yeah. poorly or they disappear or something else happens so it's a process and I think a lot of time people focus on the how do I get a queen cell which frankly is the easiest thing I mean if you just want queen cells from a hive that you like uh, create a nuke with, with no brood in there stick a frame of eggs in there and that, that nuke will make fifty <laughs> as yeah. many queen cells as you want out of that frame you'll just chop them up so getting queen cells is not the real challenge. Mm. Getting them mated, I always find, it's a real challenge. But it's that process. It's understanding it's a an end-to-end, well, it's a circular process, It's to mm. go away with end-to-end. But understanding that, I find. And and then when you've got a really good queen, you can make 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 queens from it if you want. Mm.
0: I think um, like where where my bees are, I never have trouble with the mating. They seem to be in a good area for mating, um, what I would like to know, hopefully we'll know this time next year, is what percentage of those queens that are raised are lackluster. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, they, they're all mated, but some of them are just, you know, instead of laying the whole comb. I are mean a bit of it. They're laying, I mean, but obviously at this time of year you don't expect them to go in there and, you know, they're they're shrinking now. Um, but they just, I don't know, they don't kind of come in with the attitude that some of the other queens have got. <laughs> the
1: non daisy attitude.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in, incidentally, this year I have found that the size of the queen, of the All queen, right. has, size is not everything in queens. No. So, um, so I found that. It's a joke that you not of, making, it? <laughs> <isn't there? laughs> I'm just keeping my mouth closed now. See your face. So, <laughs> like, oh. Some of the queens in my big colonies, I've got one in particular. Yeah. She's quite small.
1: Yeah, I, I, now, I've I, never in, got... Yeah. In the
0: past, I would have been worried about but that. that is a I very, noticed that in spring, but she's
1: yeah. done well. No, I found that. I have I stopped. The first queen I got was a swarm, and um, she was tiny. People used to go, oh, she's little. She was amazing. She, yeah. So I've, I've never had that problem where I think, well, it doesn't look like because people say oh, that's a nice big juicy queen, mm. but and also
0: it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't follow. I've got a couple of juicy queens that aren't,
1: yeah, impressing me at the one moment. One of mine's a monster. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I saw. A, I mean, I love looking at them. They're so she's she's big, but um, but I, I don't judge queens until they've overwintered. Mm. So one, I judge them, that they've overwintered. Good point. Criteria number one that you can make it through the winter. I don't care after after that's, if you can't do that, I don't want you. Yeah. Um, but I find they that, that and our, come out of drone layer. Yeah, I find if they come out of winter, that's when I start to judge. I, I judge them on their spring buildup. So if they build. Yes. Up, I mean, now because it's come come to the end of season, like you said, they're not. Although you know, I went through one I, hive yesterday, sort it, of whole two boxes, one box just end frame every frame. both sides of the wall had brood on it yeah which freaked me out a bit
0: yeah i mean you kind of but i've i've got one or two like that and i'm thinking well obviously at this time of year you want them to be slowing down you don't want you know that kind of powering on have they got drones in
1: them that one because it's on it's on uh foundationists they've got a lot of drones i was thinking you're gonna they're gonna evict there's gonna be like a drone massacre
0: yeah See, mine have mostly got rid of their drones now. You I poor things they're kind of wandering around you, you, on the ground with you, their wings shredded.
1: Have you put um entrance excluders
0: on yet? I've I reduced the entrances okay, because that. I'm always worried about robbing at oh, this yeah, time yeah. of year.
1: Well, that's cause you've got a lot of other hives around you, haven't you?
0: Yeah. So no, I I think that um I've told
1: you the secret plan to stop that. It's very funny. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. that.
0: Um, I I mean, yeah, so I hope, you know, hopefully next year I will have a more scientific view of a more analytical view of the results of queen rearing.
1: Right. But do you have you because I don't do Are you going to keep records on your queens?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I won't. I guess I'm not planning to have so many that. yeah. I mind you, I, I have to keep hive records because I forget. But um, no, I guess what I'd like to know is what is the percentage, you could tell me how to say this in business terms, what is the percentage failure that you expect? You're
1: know, the attrition. Right?
0: And how do you, how, exactly, how do you build that in to your plans for queen So
1: Rui? my, because my, I'm not, because I'm a beekeeping uh, queen rearing novice, my, the way I did my attrition rate was I assumed I got a 50% tape rate on the graft. So if I grafted 20 cells, I assumed I'd get 10 actual queen rearing cells. And then I assumed a 50% mating record. So basically, I, 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 have a, I, I assume in my program I get 75% attrition rate. So only a quarter of the cells I raise turn into mated queens.
0: So, and then after that, what percentage of those queens go on to be no
1: good or get know. lost or... Um, well, so actually I can tell you that. So, uh, I've got, so <laughs> out of that 25%, 66% of them have mated and they're still there.
0: That's great. That's really good. Well, it's, it's kind of. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're happy with it, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So you yeah, well, be. if you add that up, that's about a 12% success rate. So I'm mm. sure I can do better, but it's just, I, I just want in my head. So this is the thing I kind of think if you set a modest goal, that's realistic, not, you know, you don't just be. You just don't set the bar really low, but you set a modest goal. It's, it's, it's easier that it's it's less likely you'll get disappointed. Like grafting, when I first did grafting, I didn't expect any of them to take. The fact that mm. I think half of them took, I was all really amazed. But even now, when I graft, if I get more than half take, I'm delighted. So because I'm, I don't, you know I, don't, I might graft four times a year. Mm. So I just think having that and. And next year I'm kind of, I'm, I'm expecting to do a lot better because I've learned, this is my be my third year. I've learned loads. We learned loads about the, like the mating nukes. Now I've got a plan. Yeah. How, that how that to, was a
0: big learning, yeah. I think for this year.
1: Because actually the grafting bit is, is now I've kind of broken this, this idea that it's a, it's, I have to wait until the one queen in rounds finished until I start. Which now I'm saying it, it sounds stupid, <laughs> but <laughs> it just happened. Um, now I'm like, well, okay. If I if I've got ten mating nukes, I've only got five cells to put in. I'm going to graft another ten cells and put mm-hmm. them in. The, so now I've got out of that, broken that kind of mental block. I'm pretty confident next year we'll be raising as many as we want, literally as many as we want.
0: So I suppose it's like a it's a three year plan, really.
1: Yeah, I always think it takes three years to get semi competent at anything.
0: So if I want to get to I don't know, 30 colonies.
1: Well, I think, you could, well, let's see what happens next year. I think we could raise 30 queens next year. I don't think that would be mm. unrealistic. Now we've said it on the podcast, we can hold ourselves. To-
0: but I do, you know, I, I think. Well, how
1: many have you raised this year? So let's think. Well, God, you did i s- s- I've got six. about 12 that I've actually raised. I've only got three of my original queens from the beginning of the year still there. All the rest are new.
0: Well, I probably raised. Okay, when I say raised, I have got this year nine new queens. Yeah. In the apiary,
1: but obviously, well, there's twenty queens. Yeah. That weren't there last year, so I think we could. I think we could.
0: I think it is such an important aspect of beekeeping, which, as you say, we're not kind of, you're not exposed to it very early on. No. And I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't even think that the techniques involved are difficult. No, so not. I don't understand why we don't really talk about. It. And I think as a result, because I've come to queen rearing relatively late. So I mean, I've been keeping bees for seven years. And, you know, in the last five, I've had a massive, you sharp know, learning curve. But
1: you say late. So thinking of all the beekeepers you currently know that have been doing it for more than 10 years, how many have a systemic systematic way of raising queens
0: i don't i'm i don't know i suppose and
1: four isn't it not many no. no so i i mean i I've, i think i've said this already before i, I got into queen miriam because i watched a video by a guy called called the sustainable Labour by a guy called mike michael palmer mm-hmm. where he basically said was that if you've got loads of spared nukes your beekeeping life would be immeasurably easier because you have just more resources for your and it's production. So true. And it's just, and it was a revelation. It was a revelation. And then when you think about it, you think it's, what, it's so obvious that it's, it's genius. So that's when I thought, right, I want a queen rear because, but yeah, it makes my life easier.
0: Absolutely, but I, I still, even after this year, which is really my first year of trying to do it, as you say, with with the system. Yeah. Um, I still, I don't know. I I I don't have a completely clear picture of it. I still feel a bit, you know, perplexed. I think, and I I don't know why.
1: Maybe <laughs> it's because I'm a bit slow on the update. Because there's a lot of moving parts, there, it's Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of. You have to is, select the queens, graft them. You have to set up. A, yeah, you have to set up the hive. Yeah. T- to get them, r- the cells raised, mating nucs were a pain in the neck some mated some didn't some disappeared some were okay some weren't very i think it, yeah, i think 3 years i think
0: it's true it's it is about technique you know um i think but my learnings have been very clear so i have come out of the year thinking okay i've learnt to graft yeah i've learnt how not to manage mating nukes and i've learnt that poly nukes having some nukes is absolutely invaluable for all kinds of things um and it you know, yeah. I had a I even had just one frame pull with a really nice queen cell on it. And I thought, oh well I'm not gonna knock that back. And I put it in a polynute with a nice big fat dummy board and and she made it and is yeah. laying brilliantly and now that's a full size nuke. So that was just one frame with some bees yeah. shaken in.
1: I know you found having spare nukes ridiculously useful. Mm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And also The thing I found, which I I think I told you, is that the colonies in the nukes with extensions got so big that I thought, oh, okay, they're honey production colonies now. So I took them out of the nukes Mm. and put them in hives and they kind of lost momentum a bit. When they were in the nukes, they were just storming. I mean, they were drawing comb like...
1: Do you think that's because... Yeah, I wonder why. So do you think because they're in a polynuke, so they're obviously warmer?
0: Well, I do think because. Or do you think it's because it's narrower? I think there is something thermal heat going on in there because they are taller and narrower. Mm. So, in terms of drawing wax, my experience this year was: if you want to get, if you want some fourteen by twelve frames drawn in a hurry, Suck give them, them to a the big nuke. big. Nuke. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, I found, they were I brilliant. Found, I found nukes. I mean, the poly, the six frame nukes. I found if I want brood, you could take them out of there and just put another frame. Even I use Foundation List and they'll draw it out, no problem, and fill it for a brood as well. Mm-hmm. But that's the, the challenge with maintaining nukes is stopping them swarming at that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, they get really big.
1: Yeah. But you could buy some supers now for nukes.
0: Oh, God. I just don't know what I think of that. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I might get one just to see what happens.
0: Can you? But why do you want to put supers on nukes? Is it just to stop them swarming, as you say, just giving them enough space for honey to keep them happy? Uh,
1: I don't know. It's a good question. I could just put another full size brood box on top of it, like sort of six frame full size brood box, and get more brood. I don't know. I don't know. I need more. I I
0: just want to. I genuinely wonder if it's a management technique to you know, in terms of. They need to make that honey and they need somewhere to put it.
1: Yeah, but they put it in a normal frame, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, they. well, I've got – that's another good thing. I've got great brood frames full of honey. Ah, honey. Uh, honey. So, you see, it was a it was a good year. I've learned stuff. Yeah, I've always – I mean, you always do with bees. They keep you on your toes, which is one of the many reasons. I love them so much. But, you know, I have learned – I've learned about queen rearing and – you know, even though I'm slightly disappointed with me and um, my, how slow I have been to grasp some of the concepts of it.
1: I have come out with some good. Yeah. But I think this learnings. time, because we'll probably have the same conversation this time next year, if we don't skip a whole month of podcasting. Um Well, I'll probably
0: forget everything I've just said and you'll have to remind me about We it. can listen to it.
1: <laughs> but I, th- I think, um, yeah, my, my, I, I enjoyed this year, this year, Queen mm. Marine, I thought it was easier because there was two of us doing it. Mm. Um, I think I've kind of learned. So the first year I kind of learned that the method. This year it's, it's really been about the technique, so the idea of it's not it's a cycle. It's not kind of like linear process. Yeah. Um, how much of a pain in the ass making nukes really are, and 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 maybe and i have got that i have got a strategy now. Next year I'm going to try yeah. and see if that. You know, next next year it'll be trying to combine that sort of knowledge to create a method that works for us, right. That's sustainable for us may not be. That's
0: very true. It's got to, it's got to work for each individual beekeeper and, and you know, their bees and their objectives and whatever. But I do, I do feel like I've started to refine some of my, you know, I mean, I, when you said you've really enjoyed this year and everything in terms of, I mean, I have to say it's been probably my most successful beekeeping year to date, not just for honey, but for other things I've done, for passing module two at last, um, you know, so I, it's been a good year for me all around. All I need are a couple of prizes in the honey shows now <laughs> that would just kind of round it off nicely. But um, yeah, it is interesting actually that it's been my most successful year and I've done queen rearing. So maybe there is something, <laughs> there is some relation there between the two. What are you taking notes on, Paul? What have I said now?
1: No, no, i just, just writing down stuff. I take notes. Notes are important. <laughs> when you have a short term memory like my notes are really important.
0: So how would you rate your beekeeping year out of ten?
1: Seven. I think my why well, my queen has been just for my epic's been more successful than it was last year. Um, mm. my queen my my hive management to be more successful, so I've lost I haven't lost any hives to swarms mm. at all. That's great. Which is nice. nice. Um, I've lost I've lost two to disappearing queens. So mm. I'm not really sure why they disappear. So that I'm going to... I was finding in, in anything it's worth to understand why something didn't work and actually think about it and not just go, well, it just didn't work. I don't know why it didn't work. Or, or just pick the easiest solution i see a lot of people asking questions if you if go on facebook and groups why did my hive die and the answers that generally they fall on is some sort of external factor oh they were you know, predated on or something and normally i think if you lose a hive it's normally you normally it's, the something keep, that, something, yeah, it's something that something something you've technique. done or not done yeah so I, I kind of look at right okay what have i done what could have i done to make that different so for example to stop queens disappearing I could put um, a queen excluder under the brew box mm. to stop them disappearing right but that has an impact on high performance so so next year I might I might try that on one hive okay but then again I don't know if that's successful or not so
0: yeah drones can't get through them
1: ah yeah there you go
0: and also it knocks it cannot pollen off their legs not as bad actually I meant to say you know the the queen excluders on the front of the nukes?
1: Yeah, yeah, the slotted ones.
0: They completely take the pollen off their legs. I came back to piles of pollen. All right, okay. After a week outside, every one of my pollen. So weeks. Anyway, that's okay. just an aside.
1: So, uh, so in terms of hive management, I think I did okay. Um, I tried a different type of foundation. This frame. I'm going to write a blog, a post about that. I promise. Well, the one bomba- with
0: like chopsticks. Was yeah, it bamboo no. skewers? <laughs> bamboo skewers.
1: That's it. Yeah. So they look
0: great when you. And they're all drawn, and no, no, I, the, I think they look beautiful.
1: They are. Um, but what I found with foundation, foundation List is it's really impacted the amount of honey the hives produced. Yeah. And it was only when you said to me, well, yeah, because I, I, I'm always amazed how much honey you actually produce. And you said, well, like, said, well, one of the reasons is I put drawn comb back in every year so they have nothing to do. Mm. They just fill it up with honey. Whereas, you know, I'm giving them a box of, basically an empty box and saying fill that yeah. for the comb and then i'm putting another empty box and i fill that for the honey and i by then i think they're fed up well that wax
0: is your honey yeah <laughs> so because it's so expensive for them they yeah. have to consume so much to be able to produce it
1: so one of the things i'm gonna try and do it because i'm always bad i mean my, my me and max wax moth we get on really well right I, I put my my boxes in the garden and they eat it so okay <laughs> Uh so, so this oh, year I'm gonna try and uh, stop that happening. But I think I think it's gone well. I think just that. Good. Hive managed queen and I've learned the, the queen rearing stuff I've learned a lot more. The hive manager like clipping queens now I do religiously and mm. um Varroa control, I still need to what this this year I was planning on doing alcohol washes, which I haven't done one. So I need to get me more disciplined around that. I mean I've not lost a hive to a varroa i kind of i've been looking for signs of error just, i haven't got any so which is an important foundation if yeah. you need to because you generate like i'll get two or three frames of brood comb for drones for
0: drones yeah which there's is if more you, drone isn't there a in, lot more drone so mm. if
1: you just put in foundation they have to modify the the comb to draw out mm. drone right whereas if you do foundation list you get a lot more drone so what i do, i do drone cutting i'll take those frames out I won't take all of them out, but if I see two or three frames of drone brood, I'll take out a capped frame of drone brood because there's loads of varroa in there and I'll just mm. pull it down on the floor and the local population eats them. Um, yeah, so I think on my way year's oh, gone yeah, seven out of ten. I got these things next year I know I want to do, which will get it sort of eight. Uh, mm. More honey because I'm all under pressure to produce more honey.
0: Well, you've got some honey. That's- I have,
1: yeah. I've got some. I just need to extract it. Mm. and not spread it all over the floor when I extract it.
0: You'll have to read my blog.
1: (laughs) All right, so what is it about? about (laughs) Emergency honey recovery.
0: How to make honey extraction really, really easy. I don't read the books that tell you it's a big faff and it's really sticky.
1: Do you pay someone else to do it?
0: (laughs) It's easy. It's easy, easy. Yeah. You just have to take care and have some attention to detail, but like some really simple things. You don't need to cover the whole kitchen and newspaper and no. you know
1: as long as you don't do what i did which was put the valve on the wrong way around so it oh, just poured god. out
0: oh god that's actually i've had issues with leaking honey gates yeah
1: yeah mine was leaking because i put it I on backwards cry.
0: you know the bees produce all this just amazing product which it's a privilege to work with and then you know you see it dripping on the kitchen floor it's not nice it made me cry actually one night.
1: <laughs> no. So good. I think that's it then. That's our episode. Mm. Uh, the next episode we're going to do is going to be a, just a wrap up of our beekeeping year. So we won't be talking about queen rearing because we've done that now. But we're just talking about other things we've done in the beekeeping year, stuff we liked, stuff, stuff we've seen. Um, if you've got any successes in your beekeeping year, feel free to tell us about them and we'll include them in the show. So you can reach us on Twitter at the Beehive Jive. You can follow us on Stitcher if you use such a thing. Uh, if you could leave us a re- re- review on iTunes, it would be great. We've had a few there and they've been really very nice. So thank you for that. Thank you, everyone. Uh, you can email us at thebeehivejive at gmail.com or you can just visit our website, which is thebeehivejive.com. Uh, B- B- <laughs> um, and thank you very much for listening. i speak to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Bye. talk
0: hello this is me talking talk again hi talk again
1: perfect you do you always get really good levels because you 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 project because
0: i'm a singer darling